Hello, everyone, and welcome to the United City Greensboro podcast, a church in the heart of Greensboro with a desire to practice the way of Jesus for the renewal of all things. You can learn more about our community at unitedcitygso.com. Enjoy today's teaching. Good morning. If I have not met you, my name is Anderson. I'm one of the pastors here at United City. Very excited to bring the word um, for you today. Uh, have a lot of high expectations. Can I give a shout out to our worship team here at United City? Super. The talent is just off the charts. Super, super good. Let's, uh, let's pray one more time and then I'm going to dive into the scriptures today. King Jesus, this time is yours. May you be glorified in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. When do you sing? It's kind of a weird question to start out our morning, but I want to ask it. When do you sing? Now, obviously, we just spent the last several moments together singing here in this place. It's a part of our weekly rhythms. But I still want to ask you, besides church, when do you sing? Now, culturally speaking, there's a few times when not only is it acceptable to sing, but it's almost expected that you will sing. The first one that comes to my mind uh, would be like sporting events, okay? If you go to a Carolina Panthers game, you're going to sing the National Anthem, the Hay Song, Seven Nation Army, Sweet Caroline. Like you, you have to sing. Like when the crowd is singing, you have to sing. Second time that I think our culture expects singing would be like in a nursery or in a preschool. If you uh, took your kid to a preschool and found out that singing was not allowed at that preschool, you would leave. Like, it would be weird to have a place where there's small children and no singing. It's an expected thing. I think the third place or time, culturally speaking, that we sing is the Blessed Birthday song. Any birthdays this past week in the house? Anybody? Anybody? Good. Spared all of us, okay? Some of you, like myself, are not thrilled about the birthday song. Now, listen, if it's somebody else's birthday, I'll be the first one to obnoxiously sing that song, but I don't want it sung for me. Like, it's just, it's just not my fave. For some of you, though, you love the birthday song, or you just love going to sporting events and singing because it makes you feel connected to your fellow Man, there's something about singing together that brings a sense of connection. But I want to bring it back to that question for you personally. When do you sing? Hands up, sing in the shower. Look at all that. Okay, hands down. Hands up, singing in the car. I know some of y'all were spitting fire coming to church this morning. Anybody listen to that new Adele song this week? Ooh, come on. Don't get me started. 
whether you like to sing, don't like to sing, or you love to sing, but you're horrible at it, uh, it's undeniable that songs, that the act of singing is powerful. And during this season of Advent, we have been looking at a song. It's called Mary's Song. It's in Luke chapter 1. If you haven't been with us or are a little bit unfamiliar with Luke chapter 1, uh, by all means, please go back, listen to our podcast. Uh, but let me just kind of recap what's going on in Luke chapter 1. Mary gets visited by an angel. The angel tells her, hey, you are going to be miraculously pregnant, even though you're a virgin. You're going to give birth to Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And at the same time, your cousin is also miraculously pregnant uh, with a, a baby boy who we come to know as John the Baptist. And so Mary receives this message from the angel, goes to visit Elizabeth, and as soon as she walks through the door, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit because the baby inside Elizabeth's womb jumps and fills Elizabeth with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth starts to praise God, and then Mary responds with a song. That's where we are in Luke chapter 1. Today, I want us to step into the text and ask Mary, Mary, when do you sing? Or rather, why do you sing? Uh, I'm going to make a bold statement and say that if you read through Mary's song, um, the timing of some of these statements don't make sense. In the same way that it's weird to sing happy birthday to someone when it's not their birthday, there's some things she says that don't make sense timing-wise. Yes, she has reason to celebrate. It's a miracle. But there's a few phrases in there that to me just don't quite sit right. So I want us to figure out why she says what she says, why Mary sings. So today we're going to dig into some of these questions because I think if we can come to a better understanding, uh, it has implications for the way that we live. Uh, so we're going to dig today into Mary's song. One last time, I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, we're going to read Mary's song together. It's very short. It's going to be up on the screen. Let's read this together. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Today, I'm going to dig deep into two verses in the middle of Mary's song. It says this, He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. 
He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. When I started um, digging around in this passage this week, the first question that came to my mind is, what genre is this song? Uh, which felt like a timely question. How many of y'all are on Spotify? Some of y'all know if you're on Spotify, you got a message this week with your Spotify wrapped for 2021. If you're not on Spotify, basically what they do is every year they look at everything you listen to, and at the end of the year they send you a message that basically tells you, here's your favorite songs, here's your favorite artists, uh, here's your favorite genre. So basically this week I found out I'm a white guy who likes Coldplay and folk music, and I was offended, but except, like, it's true, you know what I mean? So it was humbling, maybe, um, but for many of you, you've had maybe similar experiences this week. Uh, I love music. If you know me, if you've been here at United City, you know that music is a big part of my life. Um, has been since I was a kid. Uh, my, my mom and my brother are here. You can ask them um, to uh, confirm that later. Um, I actually went and saw some live jazz music on Friday and was like in heaven. You, if you could have seen my face, um, you would have thought I was at Disney World. Just love, love, love music. And so inevitably, when someone talks to me about music, one of the first questions they ask is, what are your favorite genres? Or what genres don't you like? And every once in a while, this is not me, but I meet somebody that likes all kinds of music. Hands up if you're that person. Like you just genuinely enjoy all of it. Okay. I respect you. I don't understand you, but I respect you. Okay. I think regardless of what your favorite genre is or if you don't like certain genres, we can agree that there's something about understanding a song that we need to know the genre first. If you don't understand the genre, then the song maybe doesn't hit the same way. And so I'm reading this text, I'm reading these, these two verses, and I'm asking myself, what genre is this? And my first thought is perhaps this is a song of prophetic justice. Perhaps um, this is a song that, like through all the centuries of humankind, uh, different songwriters have written songs that bring to light certain injustices and that call us to something higher. Not only has this been true in civilizations throughout time, but throughout the church as well. And certainly you find this in the Old Testament. So I'm trying to figure out, is that what kind of song this is? So then my mind went to, okay, what are some other songs like that that I like? And my, my, my first thought goes to a little known band from Ireland called U2. Okay. Now, U2, I'm going to spit in some fire today, y'all. Okay, U2 is this great band from Ireland. And back in the 80s, they put out a song called Sunday Bloody Sunday. Okay? Now, Sunday Bloody Sunday uh, recounts an event that occurred in Northern Ireland in 1972 where British military forces killed 14 unarmed protesters uh, who were protesting unjustified imprisonment of civil rights activists. Uh, it was a tragic 
event. It was an event that called into question the authority of the British government, the unity of the United Kingdom. It shook those islands in a big, big way. And this morning, I actually want to play for you just, just a little bit of, of Sunday, Bloody Sunday, so that we can kind of get on the same page together, okay? So let's try this. this entire sermon, but I understand that that's not practical. Um, In the middle of that song, the pre-chorus says these words, how long, how long must we sing this song? And if you are uh, a student of the scriptures, you'll know that that's actually a phrase made popular in the Psalms. Over and over again, the psalmist asks that question, Psalm 6-3, My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Psalm 13, 2, same question, how long? Psalm 79, 5, how long, Lord, will you be angry forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? More than 15 times the psalmist asks that question, the same one that you two asks in Sunday Bloody Sunday. So as I'm digging into Mary's song, and now I'm thinking about you too, now I'm looking at them next to each other, and I'm still trying to figure out, do I think that these are the same genre? Because she's not questioning like the Psalms do. She's not lamenting like you too does. Uh, At this point, Now I'm starting to think perhaps Mary's song is not a prophetic justice song like I thought. Because you see, in the traditional biblical sense, prophecy usually has two steps, okay? So God gets a messenger to send a message to the Israelites, and he delivers that message in two steps. Step number one, call out present sin and injustice before the people, make them aware Step two, invite people to repent, turn back to God, and pursue his ways. When I go back to Mary's song, I just don't see those two things. And so again, I ask Mary, Mary, why are you singing? And then I look and I see that this text hinges on four verb phrases In each line. Each line has a verb phrase that is really important for us to understand. So I want us to look at those phrases real quick. The very first phrase um, is uh, this, this phrase right here. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. 
He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Mary invites us back into moments when God has stepped into the narrative and changed the course of human history. Uh, She reminds us of events like the parting of the Red Sea. You'll learn about that with the flannel graph in uh, Sunday school back in the day. The parting of the Red Sea, it reminds us of events of God freeing the Israelite people from enslavement in Egypt, delivering the people from their enemies when they move into the promised land. Mighty, mighty deeds that God has performed. But I want to point this out to you. Mary did not experience any of those events for herself. So why is she talking about them here? I understand that she's singing. There's a miracle that's happened. But why is she mentioning these here? The second phrase, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. My mind takes me back to the Tower of Babel. Another Old Testament story where humankind decided that instead of embracing the fact that we are mortal, we're going to build this tower up into the sky and become like the gods. They were filled with uh, their own ego, their own pride, and they sought to become divine. And if you know the story, you know that God scatters the people at the Tower of Babel so they cannot accomplish this feat. God scatters those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. I think of how God scattered his own people in the Babylonian captivity. I think of uh, a few hundred years before Mary, there were different false prophets, false messiahs, and they amassed followings, and then slowly but surely they died out, and the people were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And yet again, Mary did not witness any of this. In fact, if you look at Mary's time, the proud are not being scattered. The proud are being strengthened. The Roman Empire, people who are obsessed with being from the strongest, biggest empire in the world that time, are not being scattered. They are conquering. They are becoming stronger. So if that's not happening in Mary's time, why is she talking about this here? Why is she singing this? We keep going to the third phrase. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. Perhaps she is bringing to mind some characters characters from old stories. Uh, Characters like Pharaoh, God brings him down. Uh, Wicked kings, King Saul, the short-lived reign of King Absalom, Uh, even King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. God brings him down from his throne. But again, Mary has not seen this happen. Again, in fact, The people that are actually rising to power during Mary's time are wicked people. Caesar Augustus, a very egotistical man. King Herod, a very egotistical man. Mary is not seeing God bring down rulers from their thrones. He's seeing God allowing evil rulers to stay in their thrones. So why are you singing, Mary? 
And then I'm brought to that last phrase of verse 52. It says this, but God has lifted up the humble. That's Mary. That's where Mary is. That's why Mary sings in Luke 1. Despite the fact that God has been silent for hundreds of years, despite the fact that the proud are growing stronger and that rulers are keeping their throne, Mary sings of a past, present, and future reality. Mary sings about these past events because she realizes that perhaps for the first time, the God that she has been hearing about her entire life has stepped into her view. That God has brought her story into the same line of stories that she's been hearing from her neighbors, her parents, her grandparents since she was a young child. That's why Mary sings. The God who led his people through the wilderness is now leading her through a different kind of wilderness. So I ask you again, my friends today, when do you sing and why do you sing? What's happening in your life right now that proves God has neither left you nor forsaken you? What have you seen God do in the last year in your midst, in our midst? I know that when I look around this place on Sunday mornings, uh, it feels like a miracle to me in, in many different ways. To have our own space, to have community, to have family, that feels like a miracle. That feels like something God has done. That's why I sing. When I stand here and I hear uh, the laughter and mostly cries of young children through that wall, uh, in a season where we are, there's, there's more babies and kids than ever. We, we learned that a couple weeks ago. We uh, dedicated all these kids. Um, that's something to celebrate. That's one of the reasons that I sing. When I think of the ways that God repeatedly saves me from myself, protects me from the sinful inclinations of my heart, the, the ways in which God steps into my story and shows me that his way is better than mine, that's what keeps me singing. So what is God doing in you that you can rejoice in and celebrate? Because we are in a season of celebration. Jesus, we have longed for you. And he has come. Not just what God has done in the past, but what is he doing in the present? Uh, it's interesting, again, that Mary spends so much time looking back on what God has done hundreds of years before she was born. And those events are still cause for celebration. It reminds her of the fact that the big reason you can celebrate what God is doing is because you have faith in what God has done. So what do you need to remember today? I was talking with uh, somebody this week about journaling and how terrible I am at journaling. Um, I probably have 10 journals. None of them are full. They're all like 
a third of the way full, and then I just move on. Um, but it is so encouraging to look back at these journals and see where God has taken me. To see how many times God has picked me up and saved me. What do you need to remember? I believe that Jesus has called United City to be a people that sings. A people that celebrates what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. So what can you do this week to celebrate what God has done? Because you should tell somebody. Some of y'all need to tell somebody as soon as I'm done talking. And celebrate what God has done in your life. Because if we hold it in, if we don't recognize that God is the one who is doing the miraculous things, one of two things will happen. First, you will either um, harden your heart slowly and you won't be able to see what he is doing. Or two, you'll try and take credit for it. We don't need, uh, uh, excuse me, God does not need us to celebrate. God does not need us to worship. We need it. We need to worship. We need to celebrate because without it, we get the distinction between creator and creation mixed up. So what do you need to celebrate? Because there's something about the singing that keeps Mary humble. So if we want to be like Mary today, if we want to be like those that God lifts up the humble, we need to be a people that sings. In the words of Mary, the God that we serve has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. This morning, as we close our time together, I just want to take a few moments in silence for you to look back on your week. Look back on your year. And if you have something to write with, that's awesome. If not, you need to make a mental note or get out your phone. But I want you to physically jot something down about what you need to tell somebody about today. What you need to celebrate.